Hello, and welcome to the first episode of my very first podcast, which for right now, I'm going to call Untitled Unknown, because I don't have a title, and I don't know if I'm going to make any more episodes. Um, But my name is Michaela Davis, and today I'm going to talk to you, Michael Garcia, about one of my favorite topics, systemic racism and American agriculture. Okay, so thank you for participating. I'm gonna I'm gonna try really hard not to like at you and be more conversational. Um, unfortunately, you know we're not all experts on the topic, and I get a little passionate. Um, and this should be more conversational, but like, you know, we only know so much. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try not to be condescending. Well, I'm I'm prepared to learn. I don't know too much about the subject, um, for obvious reasons. That's um, okay. But I'm ready to learn. Okay, so did you know that black farmers make up less than two percent of farmers today? No, but that does not surprise me. Yep, that's that's a shame because it doesn't surprise you. Yeah. Well. We're going to start from the beginning of the history of Black folks on the American landscape. So, hopefully you already know this, but it begins with slavery. Dun, 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 dun. I, I knew that. Thank God. So, so, <laughs> so, black people were shipped over, very literally, to till the land. Literally, to be slaves was to till on the land to engage in agriculture, and to harvest crops. Black people were literally plucked from their wives and their communities to slave over the earth in America. And naturally, that brought, like, seeds and farming techniques from Africa, hence rice and okra and those types of crops. Um, As an aside, the, the colonizers, they literally stole these lands like America from indigenous people. We all know this. They stole these lands, attempted genocide of Native Americans, then uh, further claimed indigenous and African farming techniques for profit. Ain't that something? Yeah. White white people really did did everyone dirty. And continue to. It still happens today, like organic farming techniques. A lot of them are literally just indigenous farming techniques. Um, I don't know much about farming, but it sounds about white. (sighs) Okay, so let's move forward to emancipation. This is when everything's supposed to be good. You know, everything's supposed to go well. We're free. Black people are suddenly free and life is good. Nah, that is just not the case. And I think I was saying this earlier, it's like whack-a-mole, you know? Like, you fix one problem and another one rises up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, are you, are you aware of, like, the options post-emancipation for former slaves? No, I'm not. Well, basically, basically, there were only two options. Three, if you count getting shipped back to Africa. 
And at this point, it's probably not even being shipped back. It's being shipped to a land that you were ne- you had never lived on, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Most likely. Um, Liberia. At, whatever. That's beside the point, and it still doesn't make sense to this day. But if you... Um, if you stayed in America, you basically had two options. You either move north in the Great Migration um, and start working in an industry, or you continue to work the land as a sharecropper or a tenant farmer, which happens to look a lot like slavery. Who would have guessed? Mm-hmm. Um, former slaves were very literally promised uh, 40 acres and a meal and a mule. Um but like most most people didn't see that it it wasn't kept um, after new administration, new executive in office that uh, that really didn't happen. And it's sort of like a myth to this day to um, like a form of reparations, the, the most simple form of infer- reparations that just straight up didn't happen. Yeah. <sighs> OK, so emancipation was 1865. Um, that's the end of the Civil War. Um, and finally, by the 1900s, Black people finally started earning enough money to buy land. Um, it took 35 plus years, but it started to happen. Um, and by 1910, Black farmers made up 14% of the nation's farmers, which is crazy. And by 1920, there were nearly a million Black farmers working about 41 million acres of land um, and making up an entire one-seventh of all farm owners. Which, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. that those yeah, are that's new information to me. Yeah, it makes sense, too. Like, Black people were literally brought to farm. They're finding yeah. to farm on their own time. Crazy. Yeah. Um, this was basically the summit, though, like, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, yeah, I could tell by... <laughs> I could tell. Just by looking around today, you can tell. Um, soon soon came the KKK uh, and other institutions who very literally, systemically removed Black land. As you can guess, Black people were murdered, threatened, had their land stolen, and literally were just denied opportunities for loans and land rights. Um, The Southern Homestead Act, Black Codes, Jim Crow laws were very all attributable to this on the legislative scale. Um, And then on top of that, the Farmers Home Administration, which ran up until 2006, it is not like a foreign concept it's it has existed in recent history the farmers home administration which once replaced the farmer security administration um continually denied government assistance to small scale farmers and additionally private sector companies like the TIAA um created discriminatory loan policies and literally claimed land ownership for themselves I can't fathom a company owning land and then not loaning that land or allowing them to take out loans for their own land. I don't, that shit just doesn't add up to me, but here we are. (laughs) So no loans means that obviously 
black farmers are going to disappear. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you, I don't know anybody, a single person in this life with enough money in their bank account to buy acres of farmland, equipment, machinery, etc. Like, we just don't have that money. People yeah, need farming, money. And if you're being denied loans, you're not carrying on the legacy of farming. Yeah, that shit's expensive. Exactly. So, like, it dwindled. Like, that's just what happened. Mm-hmm. Today, no black people, like, hardly any black people are farming. They can't, they couldn't, they never were really allowed to. And, I mean, it only makes sense that this is a very black American narrative. Like, only African-descended people would be literally dragged to a new continent on inhumane slave ships only to be forced to till stolen land while the colonizer tried to eradicate the native people that the land was stolen from. And then, after 246 years of this, be denied access to the land that they worked after finally freeing themselves. Like, what? What? Sounds about white. <laughs> I just, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but it does, because that's very American okay. narrative that we're learning. About... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, if you uh, just kind of look at how things have been going for Black people the last, you know... 401 years. Yeah, it, it, it adds up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so today, about 49,000 black farmers exist. And that is, that is one, 1.4% of all total farm owners. And apparently that wow. is a 90% loss um, since the era of post-emancipation. And that's just sad. Like, Yeah. I mean, I've personally never met a a, a black farmer in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Me either. I mean, I think my great-grandmother had some land in her name back in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I don't think it exists anymore, but maybe that's probably a really common narrative though yeah yeah especially uh yeah so 98 percent of farmland today is in the hands of white people and honestly that's just not right like it doesn't it doesn't add up it doesn't make sense if it wasn't their land in the first place why do they own all of it deep questions that we still are asking ourselves and not finding any solutions to. But slowly land trusts are being created um, and are they're calling for like white people to give back the land to black people as a, as a form of reparations. And this, this conso- coincides um, very well with like the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, which really, really happened in 2020. I'd say is where it took off in but that's another that would be another podcast episode. Yeah, that's a whole other subject. Yeah, but perfectly in time with that, people are starting to uh be more open to the idea of reparations and it's being talked about on a national scale or at least uh summer of 2020 it was brought up at a national scale thanks to Tony Easy Coates 
aside, if you have not read Ta-Nehisi Coates, you should. He's very, very well written. Um, and he says a lot of things that needed to be said a long time ago. Um, yes, hmm. read his books. But with this whole talk of like rep- reparations and whatnot, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see what happens. I, I would love to see it happen, but you know what's going on today and who knows what will happen tomorrow. <laughs> Putting all your faith in Joe Biden to do it. <laughs> Stop, please. Not on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Forbes. Um, so <laughs> I have a fun fact. And I hope that you will enjoy this. Um, I don't know if you knew it, but black cowboys are real. They exist. They're real people. Did you know that? (sighs) (laughs) It's okay to say no. I'm going to go with... Michael. It it, it doesn't... (laughs) It doesn't come to mind, but looking back at it, you know, out of all of the, you know, no, no. Thank you. No. That's literally just what I needed to hear. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't think it was real. I didn't know it was real. Um, But it's like a hidden culture that actually existed and was almost eliminated, just like Black farmers and Black agriculture. But there were actually a lot of like black cowboys in history. And there are some lovely New York Times articles that I was denied access of reading <laughs> <laughs> about these people. And aside from that, F New York Times and their lovely paywall, poor people should not have to pay for information. I am one of those poor people. I would just like to know what is going on. Please take down the stupid paywall. I can only look at three articles a month and I hit my max. So they exist. If you haven't hit your limit on the paywall, feel free to Google it. Um, They're real. And the Black Yeehaw agenda is based on fact. It is real. It is not just a fashion movement. We're not just following Solange blindly. It is real. And you know what else? Lil Nas X, he was paying tribute to his ancestors. Old Town Road really hit the spot. All in the name of art. God bless. What a masterpiece. <laughs> he really hit America with the right hook. <laughs> so yes, there's a black cowboy museum, apparently. There's plenty of culture around it. I think we need to uplift it and also bring back reparations. Run me my money. I need my $2,000 refund check, not refund check, stimulus check. All of the shebang. I think it's time. Bring black people their justice. Roll it all up in one package. Please. Okay. Well, that's the end of my podcast episode, I think. Thanks, Michael, for bearing through this with me and it's been pleasant to have you 